This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio. The new AM740. The world doesn't need another sports show. It needs an awesome sports show. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. Neil, the boys are back. Let's talk sports. Good morning and welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We're minus Wally uh, this morning and for the next three weeks, he's on a vacation with his family, a well-deserved vacation, I might add. I do have Mark Kennedy from the TFC uh, blog. Mistake by the lake. Mistake by the lake. That sounds like a baseball term, Mark. Um, it's possible. It's, it's possible. It has a little know, bit of uh, exhibition stadium in it. That's what the original inspiration for the blog was the fact that the new soccer stadium had landed on the, the grounds of the old CNE stadium where, where my dad took me to my very first sports events. So it... It's a nod to, to, the, to the area. 9.15, we have Bob Elliott, a former baseball writer with the Toronto Sun, a member of the Baseball Hall of Fame, and he has a spot in Cooperstown, Ohio, for the uh, Baseball Hall of Fame. Cooperstown, New York. New, New York? Yes. It's Canton, Ohio. Canton, Ohio is the NFL. Cooperstown, Cooperstown New York. You're New correct. York. I was You're the, correct. I was there in November. Stand to be correct. It's a good thing Wally asked me to be here to, to, <laughs> to, to, to jump on you every chance I get. But Bob is a well-respected uh, writer in the uh, baseball industry, for sure. And we're going to have him on it uh, just after the break at 9.15. Let's get into uh, the women's soccer team at the Olympics and Christine Sinclair. What do you think of uh, her performance so far in this tournament? Well, she um, she's... She's taking a bit of a of a, a back step. I think she's not the the go to player that sh- that she was. Let's say four years ago. I think Tancredi, the um, the other forward, is maybe becoming more of her like their equal partners. And that there's a lot of young players coming up. I think in the first game against Australia, what there was a penalty kick awarded to Canada that they missed. Yeah, and she didn't take it. And she didn't take it. And I think that's symbolic that that um, she's going to play the elder statesman role, that she's going to... that how she goes no longer is how Canada goes. I think that there's... there's, there's she still looks body. pretty good out there, Mark. She looked excellent. She looked yeah, excellent. she has 162 career goals, and she's going to probably pass uh, Amy Wambach. Mm-hmm. She has 192. If she lasts another four years, which she can because she's physically uh, fit, she might do it. She might. They uh, Now, yesterday against Zimbabwe, I, I only watched the first half. While I was watching, they looked fantastic. They were leading 3-0, and I had to leave my home early to get down for the Toronto FC game last night. And uh, you tell me that when they were no longer being guided by my eyesight, they fell apart. Yeah, they took the foot off the pedal, I thought. I thought they could have beaten that team by about six or seven goals. I looked, the first half, they were dominant. And they should have won by six or seven. Yeah. And they took the foot off the pedal. In the first half that I saw, Zimbabwe couldn't seem to get the ball out of their own half. They just, they just couldn't control the, 
the, the short passing that you need to to sort of establish yourself, but you say they, they looked better in the second half. Or, yeah. or you think Canada let them back into the game? Yeah, Canada let them back into the game. Canada should have won by six or seven goals for sure. There's not one player on that team that could make Canada's team. Do we get to talk about Toronto FC? Because I'm We sure do. And here, here's a note. Today, the Toronto Blue Jays, TFC, and the Argos, your favorite team, the Argos, you're, you're, are all virtually in first place. Can, can we get someone in here to check my blood pressure? This is, first place. First place, all three teams. And the Raptors were first place in their division. So we only have one team left, and you know who that is, the Leafs. I'm... I, I, I promise to behave myself. I'm I, I'm saving up all my arguments for when Wally returns. But um, and you guys do argue a lot. Um, I think the 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 secret to being a true fan, to being a passionate fan, is to be selective. That you can't. It's a Toronto thing to say. Oh, I cheer a little bit for the Jays, and I cheer a little bit for the Leafs, and I cheer. Le- just I'm. I write a can't blog. we can't we say that we cheer a lot for these teams instead of a little bit? No, no, no. Um, let's let's look at let's take out of the air. Let's take a city like Madrid, where you have Atletico Madrid and Real Madrid, and there are a few other small. It has teams. to get to it has to get to soccer. Of course, right? it has to get to soccer. There are a few other teams in Madrid, and nobody in Madrid goes. Oh, I'm so happy because five teams in basketball and five teams in soccer are all doing well. They care about their one team, and all the other teams can are are. Yeah, not but we're even not like that here. We love the Argos. We love the uh, FC. We love all the Toronto teams. No, we. So don't. we're so we're. That's that's. But Na- you know th- that's Naz speaking. Yeah, that's okay. That's with the majority of the people out there too. Yes, you're in the minority, Mark. That's where I love to be. <laughs> I always love to be in the minority. Let's, let's, let's get to TFC. Okay, about quickly, because uh, we have to get ready for baseball. Yeah, about a month ago, they played a game against San Jose that I witnessed. I stayed up till 1230 at night. That was a bit of an morning to watch that. An unbelievable game. They lost the game. Yes. And they, they, had, they were against nine men for San Jose. They were tied 1-1 with... Equal equal players on the team, and right. then there were two red cards, and San Jose played with nine guys and beat them 2-1. Right. I thought they were dead. I thought the season was over after that. They would never bounce back. But lo and behold, look what happened. TFC ends up going on a four-game winning streak and challenging for first place. They're technically in first place. Their percentage is better than New York. So how does that happen, Mark? Here's my theory. My theory is... In that horrible game against San Jose, you you were right. It was it was horrible. Javinko was in a scoring slump, and Javinko was trying extra hard to score, and everyone else on the team was deferring to him and trying to set him up, which made them an easy team to, to defend against. If player A has the ball, look over your shoulder for Javinko because that's where the, the pass is going to go. The next game, the first game back here in Toronto, Javinko completely exploded the scoring slump and started scoring, and the whole team relaxed. Javinko started being a lot more generous with the ball. He no longer had, you know, as I said, if he he had a hat trick in the first half, 
last night. In the second half, he can afford to be generous. He's already got three goals. If he gets an extra one, so he starts playing with the rest of the team in mind, and the rest of the team doesn't have to worry about feeding him the ball because he's in a slump. Javinko is playing relaxed and and powerful at the same time. They've gotten all their players back, which helps too. Michael Bradley played last night, right? He looked, How did he look? He looked a bit clunky. He looked a little like his passes were 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 over over hit, super strong. He was hel- he's healthy, but he's not back into the clockwork of the midfield. Um, he looked rusty. Um, he's got better games ahead of him. The player that's impressed me a lot in the past month is Ricketts. He's come on strong. Yes, yes. He's um, he, he's a recent signing. That they've had him in camp for most of June, but didn't sign him in until July. And he's um, he's Canadian. Canadian player. That's right. And um, he is he's not a young man anymore. I think he turned twenty nine. Um, so he's a a veteran player, but speedy. And a little bit crazy. Um, uh, we will see how he's going to, like, he, he's an individual talent. Let's see how he's going to mesh in, because uh, Michael Bradley certainly didn't seem to be able to get well, the it ball takes to t- him. It takes time to it get it coming off to, an injury. Just, just like it takes time for you and I to get for sure. coordinated. Now, mm-hmm. we were going to switch it to baseball. You wanted to talk about the, the, the Jays game? Well, the Jays are... Uh, uh, an interesting team. They're finally starting to win uh, low-scoring games, which I didn't think they could. And now they have the Sanchez, uh, Aaron Sanchez thing going back into the starting rotation with a six-man rotation. That's something we're going to ask Bob when he comes on. But boy, oh boy. I used to remember the day and it was a three-man rotation, then a four-man rotation, now a five-man rotation. I haven't heard of a six-man rotation. It just doesn't make sense. I, you you win and lose in baseball on pitching. So, you know, in, in the future, there's going to be 20 pitchers on every team, right? They're only allowed 25 on the roster. Well, you spread the other five around. I, I'll have to come back to that. That's one of my theories on, on, on my improvement to baseball, but we'll talk about that later. But, uh, you know, like the Jays, are, uh, the Jays are playing well on the road. They're playing well at home now. Uh, they look like the team to beat in the American League East. They they do have I feel they do have the most talent. Now they pick picked up Liriano. He started Friday night and he pitched pretty well. So now they have uh, six legitimate starting pitchers. And you're not one worried. of them's got to go to the pen though. There's no, there's no question in my mind that either Sanchez eventually will go to the pen, Liriano or one of those guys. I can't see any of the other four guys going in there. But and you you seem to be not worried about Baltimore any, anymore. Uh. I'm 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 not worried about Boston. Baltimore's hitting attack scares me a bit, but they've played a whack of home games, and uh, that Baltimore team doesn't play well on the road. And that's why I think the Blue Jays will excel over the other two teams. And and how how is that um, ace pitcher of the Jays? Um, uh, they they have three aces. They have three aces. Okay, Estrada, Happ, and. Uh, uh, Sanchez. I was afraid you were going to say Dickey, and then I was No, Dickey's definitely not in his. We're going to go to commercial, and we'll be right back with Bob Elliott. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville announced that you can get a three-topping party pizza with 24 slices for just $24. It's perfect for large groups on a budget, like staff meetings, sports teams, or special ops units. Go, 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 go! 
So before you break down any doors, get a three-topping party pizza with 24 square slices for just $24. Call Pizzaville on your cell phone at pound 3636. There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. Steel's Paint in Woodbridge, an enormous 20,000 square foot superstore that carries nothing but the best. Superior staff, superior advice, superior selection, superior everything. When you have a really tough job to do, they can knock it down to size. They'll show you how to get it done right, and because they only sell the best of everything, you'll get it done to last. That means superior satisfaction. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge, the best. At Titanium Logistics, we believe that choosing the right shipping company comes down to two issues, price and cost. Most prices are competitive, will likely save you money too, but the cost of choosing the wrong company to service your cross-border freight to and from the U.S. and Mexico can be extraordinary. If it's not where it should be, when it should be, that bargain price, worthless. Titanium Logistics, on time, on budget. Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada. And the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. Are they ever wrong about sports? I can answer that in two words. Impossible. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. We should be getting a hold of Bob Elliott. There's, uh, we're having trouble getting a hold of him, but we should be able to in the next few minutes. Getting back to Toronto FC, I want to get back to the FC. Um, they have a shot at winning the whole thing, Mark. Um, that's hard. That's hard to say because, really, when they faltered last year in the playoffs, they um, they're not battle tested when it comes to playoffs, and the playoff format in in North American soccer is based on, um, like, a two-game... It's like the old CFL, remember the, um, the, the two-game total points situation? You, you play one game in one city, and then you play it in the, the second game shortly after in, in the other city, and Toronto's never done that, and therefore I would be hesitant to say they're going to win it all. Um, that's a whole new strategy, a whole new philosophy they've got to work on. When was the last time that they won a championship with, as the Toronto Metros Croatia, I remember? You, your, your memory cells are, are a bit amazing, yes, yes. Um, that is the last time they won. I did, the last time I saw the Blizzard play, it was the actually last game of the Toronto Blizzard, and it was losing to the Chicago Sting 
in the old North American Soccer League. Wow, that North um, American Soccer League goes back a long way. Yeah, I think that they used to call their finals the Soccer Bowl to go, you know, like the Super Bowl. The final for that was the Soccer Bowl. So do you remember the days of Pele and the New York Cosmos, Mark? Yes, I do. I do. I um I never saw Pele play live, though. I, uh, I, I saw the Blizzard play many a time. Um, I saw them also play a friendly against Nottingham Forest when Trevor Francis and Viv Anderson were playing for Nottingham Forest. So that goes back quite a way. Um, back into the, oh, not quite the 70s, the 80s. That would be the very early 80s. Um, What's your earliest memory of soccer? Oh, I remember back in the early 60s, like 64 when I was a kid, and I'm not that old, I guess, eh, Mark? Oh, but no. 64 no. as a kid, remembering uh, the – I remember the, the name was the Toronto Falcons before the wow. blizzard. Yeah, it, I just know that from the history books. I, I never saw the Falcons. Yeah, play. the Toronto Falcons. I used to walk to uh, St. Mary's of the Angels School, and right. used to, they used to have posters in the window, Toronto Falcons back then. Wow. So that goes back a long way. You're – are you much older than me now? So you no, like, we're the you, same age. Would you stop that? Excuse me. We don't really have time for honesty and truth on the radio now, do we? Well, yes, we do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the baseball team, the Jays, um, they are – I was in Boston at Fenway Park for a series on the, in back about a month ago. I remember. And we spent some time around the Jays. And I have never seen a, a bunch of guys as cocky as they are. They are so confident. It, it is amazing. It is absolutely amazing. That's why I see this team has edge. You know what I'm saying? Like, they have an edge. They remind me of the Yankees when they had their edge was there back a, in the day. When you were at Fenway, was there a big Canadian contingent? Oh, huge! There was probably about uh, three to five thousand people there that were from Toronto, supporting the Blue Jays, and you can see that in, uh, in all the rest of the parks, right? Where they, where they go into, you see all these Blue Jay uniforms. Could that not contribute to that feeling of cockiness? That uh, you know, they know they go into a place um, like like Fenway, and thousands of their fans are traveling, which is really unusual in, in baseball world. It, you know, in the baseball world, that you don't, you know, when you're on the road, you are truly isolated. But uh, it would be encouraging for the Jays to know that they've got thousands. They've got fans all over the place. I understand when they play in Seattle because of the uh, the connection with uh, Vancouver, right? That they have a lot of, uh, they have up to 10,000 fans going to the game that are supporting the Jays in Seattle. And there's a lot of that happening now. And it, it's an important thing for the for the Jays. I'm sure it's like them playing at home, really. Yeah. yeah. Wouldn't wouldn't the same also be true in in places like Cleveland and and Detroit that it might be easier for uh, some people in in Ontario to get tickets to see the Jays on the road than it would be to get to see them at home. Um, yeah, Cleveland. It's it's funny, you know. Cleveland's in first place, Mark, and they have one of the worst home attendance records, which I don't understand. I mean, they have the Cavaliers and they have the Cleveland Browns that they they've supported, but here's a first place team, and I think they're fourth from the bottom in home attendance. I really don't get it. And the Marlins are are in the playoff picture in Miami, and they're not getting a lot of people either. Well, so and and Tampa Bay. They're not getting people either. I wonder if Florida is a market that they should be in. 
Major League Baseball. I mean, why take the team away from Montreal if you're going to have two teams like that? You, well, you've you've given me <laughs> you've given me two different areas that have um, the same problem, but I would say for for differing reasons. With Florida, it's going to be more of a, a, a spread out population. It's not it's not you know big city places. Even in you know Miami is is sort of a traditional. Um, bad attendance, bad supporting place, even for for the for the Dolphins sometimes. Um, but when you're looking at Cleveland and Detroit, you're looking at um, pretty rough economic sort of an well, a Detroit, rough economic. Detroit, Detroit attendance is okay. It's okay, but uh, the Florida teams don't draw at all. Yeah, like it's yeah. it's really something else. It's it's just maybe it's the heat of the summer. It could be, and it, it, you know they have spring training there, so that's what should happen, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, spring training is there, and maybe that's all there. The, they that they Florida, should be that Florida for should be, for. right? And they need to get, uh, I think, different markets in there because I don't know if they uh, long term they can support their team, both Tampa Bay and Miami, and Montreal ended up basically Lori fellow, the owner, ended up in in Miami, mm-hmm. and. Uh, I don't see it. Like Oakland doesn't draw well, but the Jays are the number one team in the American League in attendance this year. Wow! I and they're—I think they're third or fourth overall in the major leagues. So just think about it: the Jays have drawn more than anybody in the American League. So, but, but where's their payroll in in relation to their attendance? middle of the pack? Yeah, middle of the pack. Boston and New York's payroll is pretty high. The Dodgers is astronomic. It's Huge. Uh-huh. I think it's in the uh-huh. 240 or 250 million range. So, would you agree the Jays should be spending more based on their on their their high attendance? I think they have though. They spent money on uh, Liriano. They they took his contract for next year, which is 10 million. Now, in fairness, they took him, and I think uh, uh, R. A. Dickey will be released at the end of the year. So he slots into that. Uh, he slots into. We have finally reached Bob Elliott. Bob, how are you this morning? How you doing, gentlemen? Good. Um, Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame. The Americans Writers Hall of Fame. You have a spot in Cooperstown. Has that all sunk in, Bob? Um, yeah, some days it does, and some days it doesn't. Uh, I had a buddy of mine... Uh, a buddy of mine from Anaheim say, uh, what do you think there's going to be some guy who's standing here with his grandpa uh, 50 years from now? And he said, who's this guy here, uh, Pops? <laughs> that that kind of, <laughs> I never really thought of that. Now, you started at the Ottawa Citizen covering baseball for the Montreal Expo. So I have an uh, Expo actually, question. You started in Kingston. But oh, it, Kingston, yeah, okay. I started baseball uh, covering uh, Major League Baseball with the Expos when I was working out of Ottawa, yep. Now, the Expos. We were just talking about this and the poor attendance of the uh, Tampa Bay and Miami Marlins in Florida. Mm-hmm. Do you think the Expos could support a team now? Uh, I think they can support a team, but uh, I don't know if it'll be in my lifetime. I think it's uh, I think it's quite uh, quite a ways down the road. I mean, this is Washington's third try. I think they'll get another shot at it. Um, 
the mayor's certainly going about it the right way. He's not like say, but like Balsilli did with uh, with uh, with the NHL attempt. He's very uh, he's handling everything proper, and he's got the commissioner on side. And, uh, but there's that big lease down there, and they need the Montreal in Tampa. Montreal needs a uh, a white knight to come over the hill here, and I don't know if that's Bell or if it's. Uh, um, Bronfman's, Charles Bronfman's son, uh, Stephen, or I'm not sure who it is. There's another guy down there with casino money. Uh, he's got one in Vegas and one in um, Detroit and one in Montreal. And he's, supposedly he has a big bankroll that was in the French papers there a while ago, but uh, maybe a year ago, but nothing since. So I, I don't, I don't know. Uh, um, you know, like when the Expo started, it was uh, that was Seagram's and with the backing of Carling, and so the Blue Jays started as uh, as Labatt's. You know, it was kind of like an alcohol war, <laughs> beer war, or whatever. I think the the people people now in Canada with money are Rogers and uh, and um, and uh, Bell, uh, Sportsnet, whatever, and. Uh, that that's I don't I don't know anybody else other than uh, maybe Stephen Bronfman that 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 could uh, put the thing together. You know, does Bell uh, since Rogers has the Blue Jays? Does Bell has that Bell ever expressed uh, interest in the Expos, Bob? Um, they did in that that one story in the I think it was in La Presse. Uh, it had the three three names, but nothing publicly. I mean, the Warren Cromartie is trying to put the group together. He's the face of the group during the exhibition games, and it's like, uh, well, the the grade nine uh, class from uh, I don't know uh, Central High School would put on a better uh, press conference, uh, <laughs> and Cromartie's probably got about as much money as you and I together. There you go. Uh, it's not. It's not a real. Uh, it's their heart's in the right place, but it's not. It's not the right. Uh, it's not the right approach. It's not smooth. Or uh, the mayor. The mayor's all right. I like the mayor, Cordair. But uh, I. I don't know what's. I don't know what's going to happen. They need. They need. They need somebody with the with the big checkbook to step forward. Bob, before the show, uh, Naz and I were having a sort of small debate based on my trip down to Cooperstown in New York, and I was saying that uh, that uh, there's a mystique to baseball, and it surrounds baseball with, with different media, both uh, the baseball writer and the baseball broadcaster, especially on radio. And um, I was... I was we we were debating and and we're going to let you be the referee. Which do you think is closer to the heart of baseball, the baseball writer or the radio broadcaster? I I would say radio. I would say radio because uh, I mean, uh, <laughs> like you can. Uh, we, mean, we we were hoping that you as a writer would 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 come to to the defense of the printed word. <laughs> no, I would say that the Jerry. I mean, you can. Like I can be driving on a summer's day and or whatever, and uh, a long drive or stuck in traffic or whatever, and Jerry goes into one of the Welcome to Tiger Stadium where all the seats are blue except those that are painted green, and uh, you know, and he, he he paints such a vivid picture, and it's immediate. Like uh, whereas with the newspaper, where you know, twelve hours later or whatever the next day, I think. Uh, no, I think baseball has always been a radio game. I think it's better than. I think it's ahead of TV. I think. Uh, I wouldn't mind seeing the replays on, uh, on uh, you know, that's the advantage to see the replay on on the TV. But uh, 
No, I would think like you know Vince Scully's voice. That's that's a radio voice to me. It's not a TV voice. Uh, he he broadcasts like he's on radio, and he's on both. I think he's just uh, wonderful. It's I don't know where it, where it's going to be because radio ratings uh, they're bad, and newspaper. Um, um, uh, what's the word? Uh, I was going to say scholarship. Uh, readership is down, so it's it's not. Uh, I guess the only guy, you, you, when you read all these stories, uh, they say, uh, well, the Texas Rangers have got all this money because of the new TV contract, or the, or uh, Houston's got all this money because of the new TV contract. You don't, you don't hear anybody say because of the new radio contract or the new newspaper contract. <laughs> yeah. Canadian baseball, uh, uh, you're very uh, active in that, Bob. Um, yes. We were talking about this, too, prior to the show, about registration with uh, Canadian uh, kids in baseball has that gone up because hockey has really dropped and uh, basketball seems to be on the way up and so is soccer uh how is baseball in that group? uh baseball baseball went up uh coast to coast uh uh it went up uh, after after last august when it you know with, when they went on that, went on that unrealistic run on what was it 45 and 12 or something yep <clears throat> Excuse me, but the only place the only place it didn't go up was uh, was here in Mississauga because uh, they were they had uh, they had to turn people away, which is unfair for kids. But they have apparently they didn't have the diamond space, and they work on a two-year cycle, so it will go up next year. Like, but you can't uh, you can't say, well, we had we had X amount of kids this year, so therefore we need extra diamond space. They 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 they, they go on a two-year cycle, so. Uh, they said, "Sorry, we've given the we've given the diamonds to, to adults, which I found to play softball or slow pitch, which I've, uh, the kids should have the diamonds. I think. Oh, I think so too. So I mean, hopefully, and and they're they're in good shape this year, and I don't think interest interest has waned at all. I mean, they, their attendance is probably uh, probably greater now than it was uh, because I mean, the great thing about last August, it wasn't like." It wasn't like '92. It wasn't like '93. It was basically, for me, talking with fans or people that I know, young people. It was, it was, it was basically. It was kind of like '85, where they, it was the first time for a lot of these people. Because even you know, it was 22 years. But how old would you have to have been in 1993 to experience the the high and the low of of, uh, of a loss? In uh, in September and the other team winning and you're falling a half a game ahead and half a game back and the up and the down of a pennant race. I mean, that that you probably would have had to been thirty thirty two years of age to be able to experience that. So uh, that's about right, Bob. <laughs> yeah. So you're, what you're what you're really looking at is uh, basically a whole generation of people experiencing the the pennant race for a first time and and it was an overwhelming success. I mean, they had. Uh, they had first and third, one out in game six uh, to tie, to tie, maybe you know, to force game seven to decide who goes to the World Series. But still, uh, a lot better than the previous twenty-one years. That's for sure. Now the uh, the Canadian players are seem to be going higher and higher in the draft. What uh, what is the cause of this? Uh, I think it's uh, first reason. I think it's. Uh, I think it's the coaching. Uh, I think it's the Canadian Junior National Team. Uh, I think the rise of that can be traced. Uh, the rise of the Canadian player can be traced to the junior team, which is run by Greg Hamilton. He's from Peterborough, but he, he works in Ottawa with uh, at the head office there. And the first year was uh, 
that took off was uh, Justin Morneau was a was a was a grade eleven student, and uh, the next year he was drafted in the, in the third round. And I've had like scouts from Ohio or California tell me how, say, Brett Laurie, he was so easy to scout because. He had, I think it was over uh, 300 at bats against professional pitchers. Whereas, whereas, like say, if a if a pro scout goes in to see a really good uh, high school player, um, I don't know, name Michigan. Let's say Michigan. Let's say Pennsylvania. Whatever. Uh, the the coach is is telling the pitcher on the other team, don't let this guy beat us. Don't throw many strikes. And uh, so, you know, they go and see the guy for five at-bats, and he walks four times. So, I mean, but, but Brett Laurie or or uh, Josh Naylor, who was drafted 12th overall, 12th overall in North America, that's a tremendous, tremendous achievement. That's incredible. Dog boy, uh, last year. And then the year before that was Gareth Morgan. He went 73rd, but he got first-round money, and he got $2 million. The great thing, the great thing about these guys is, is uh, the scouts were able to see them? I think it's four trips with the junior team. They go, they go to Disney twice. Once in the spring, once in the fall. They go to the Dominican once, and then they go to um, uh, either Cuba or their competition. You know, like whether it's in wherever the world. Uh, like <clears throat> next uh, next September, it's in uh, Fort McMurray, the world the world juniors. So that's that'd be. Uh, for all your Fort McMurray listeners, uh, not Fort Murray, uh, that's where it is this week. Uh, Thunder Bay, it's in Thunder, Thunder Bay. Bay. So, Bob, uh, Dalton Pompey, what's his progression been like in Buffalo? Uh, a lot of people are asking about him. Well, he he had a, he stepped back uh, last year. Um, you know, they sent him out after I don't know what it was, two weeks, not very, but not very long, uh, an opportunity and. Uh, he scuffled a bit when he went down, like just like a lot of guys did. Rob Ducey did, uh, Mark Witten did, uh, Glenn Allen Hill did. Uh, Ducey, I think, played 14 years in the big leagues. So I mean, I uh, the way I see it, not that I have a crystal ball, but I see, you know, if Michael Saunders wants a lot of money, I see uh, a vacancy there. I see a vacancy for Batista. Now they've filled a, filled one. Uh, Vacancy with by by obtaining Upton, but I would I would think Pompey has an excellent shot of uh, of being uh, in the outfield for on opening day next year. We have uh, we've had Tim Raines on a couple of times, and mm-hmm. uh, Tim uh, kind of uh, said at the beginning of the year that uh, Devin Travis would be the leadoff hitter, and it, lo and behold, uh, Devin Travis is the leadoff hitter. Where do you think of his development? Well, that. Uh he uh, he knows a little he knows a little bit about the game. Uh, uh, Timmy Rains says uh, he was. Uh, I covered him in Montreal. Yeah, his uh, his first year was my second year, I think. Yeah. So uh, uh, yeah, I remember the night of the trade. Trade they got uh, they got him uh, late at night. We were in Arizona. I think it was between editions. I think it was maybe. 10:30 Toronto time or 11:30 Toronto time. We were in Arizona, and uh, I, I found one guy. Uh, it was the first guy I phoned. And I said, "How good is this guy?" And because uh, you know everybody knew Anthony Ghost, and he could run a little bit. And you know he wasn't the type. Uh, he wasn't the type of a burner that I thought. I thought he'd be first pitch, boom, gone. But he was like 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 Reigns was. But he was like two and zero, oh, three and one, waiting for a breaking ball count to go. 
And this guy that I spoke to said, well, he's just like Bill Madlock. He said, Bill, Bill Madlock? Delon Travis is like Bill Madlock? And he said, yeah. I said, wow. I said, he won a batting title. He said, no, he didn't. I said, yes, he did. And the guy says, no, he didn't. He won three batting titles. So <laughs> that's, that was a pretty good comparison off the, off the, right out of the chute for, uh, for Travis. Bob, earlier Naz was bragging about his trip to Fenway Park, so I've got to ask the quick question. Favorite all-time ballpark? Uh, my favorite parks, uh, I get asked this a lot. I would say either Dodger Stadium on a clear day uh, when there isn't any smog, <laughs> and uh, and Kansas City. That's I like the two of those. I don't. I don't. I'm not really a Fenway guy. Uh, too many times uh, in the '80s, I was you know walking over there at midnight, 12:30 in the morning, and. Uh, You'd see a, a cat scurry by. Yeah, you do. Except it wasn't a cat; it was a rat. So. <laughs> now, under new ownership, I've been told that they've alleviated or eliminated a lot of those problems. But uh, no, that 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 place used to be scary coming out of. Here's the here's the question of the day: What do you think of the six man rotation? I don't think it'll last very long. It's never worked, to my knowledge. Um, you're gonna throw. You're gonna throw other guys off. I know. I remember the one year J.P. Ricciardi was gonna try it and talked about it for three days, and then he went downstairs. I got to look it up. I'm gonna write it, but uh, I forget. I think it might have been Corey Lytle and Ted Lilly, but they said we aren't doing that. We're we're going into free agency. Why why are we giving away starts? You know. So they were against it. Now supposedly these guys have all. Uh, these guys have all said, "Yeah, yeah, it doesn't. We're fine with it." And I was shocked that Atkins said, uh, "Well, Lariano is on side. Like the guy hasn't even thrown a pitch. He gets an equal vote in this. You know, that that was that was a little surprising. But uh, I think if, uh, like Sanchez, he had uh, he gave up a two-run single last night with uh, with the bases loaded. He di he did not have the command he said earlier, but he had like a." A ground ball off uh, off uh, Donaldson's glove, another ground ball to shortstop, a bunt single. You know, he he got a, he got a little bit nickeled and dimed, but uh, that was not a bad one by any means. But uh, I would say the first bad one he has that's the end of the six man, or or even even Lariano. But uh, what I'm worried about is is what what these other they're so much creatures of habit. These guys they get they get. I remember Steve used to complain. If he had to start in a day game, as opposed to a night game, because his body clock was off, and so now these guys are going to get an extra day of rest, and they're going to throw in the off days, so that'll mean two days rest. I, I, I don't see it as a good idea. It was a good idea. Other teams would be doing it, you know. Yeah, I, I, th I think they're they're waiting. Personally, I think they're waiting to see if Liriano still has it, and if he does, I think Sanchez goes down. Yeah. I just don't see the other the other scenario at all. It's hard, it's hard enough pitching with four guys and or five guys now six. It's very difficult. I agree. Now uh, the Jays. Uh, what's your what's your th thought on the rest of the season? Do you think they have it to win the division? Uh, I think. Uh... I think uh, they've made some strides. You have to give them credit for the bullpen, the way they've rectified matters there, like with uh, Grilly and uh, and Benoit, uh, a lot better than Storm and whomever else, uh, Aaron Loop. And, uh, you know, they overexposed Cecil uh, in the early going. And, 
uh, I think that was their that was their biggest problem. And uh, the other the other thing, you wouldn't mind uh, you wouldn't mind seeing them uh, maybe once in a while take a two strike approach, you know, like the Minnesota Twins do, you know, and they did in their heyday, or like like say the way Kansas City did last night. I mean. You hit a ground ball, you got a chance, but you strike out like these guys. Like the, the, I know the backdrop is bad in in Houston and all that, but uh, man, 59 strikeouts or 61 strikeouts in four games, and I know there was extra extra innings, but that's that's. <laughs> That's terrible. They were they were striking out a lot at the beginning of the year too. I remember the first couple of months they were striking out like crazy. Yeah, and they're back to that habit again. Mm -hmm. That's true. Now, Liriano, I was watching him. His velocity is still there, Bob. His yeah, fastball was, was like 96. Uh, I was, the guy I spoke to in Pittsburgh says the velocity is still there. His control was not. So uh, I did not see the game he pitched. For I only saw the last inning of the game he pitched. I was out. But uh, I guess uh, he didn't uh, He didn't uh, have uh, – he didn't walk a bunch or anything. He didn't have uh, – he didn't have a lot of control. I I find it difficult when they say, "Oh well, he's with Russ Martin now. Now he's going to be able to throw strikes." I I don't think the I don't think the catcher, you know, you are what you are as a pitcher. You're either going to throw strikes or you're not going to throw strikes. You can't you can't. So so if he doesn't throw strikes, is that Russell Martin's fault? I don't think so. Yeah. Now the the, the September call-ups. Uh, do you see uh, who do you see coming up? Do you see Pompey coming up in September? Yeah, I would see Pompey. I would. I would think uh, they they always they usually bring another catcher. So that would probably. I don't know if it'd be that McGuire guy, that kid that they got from Double A, uh, they got from the Pirates, or uh, or um, uh, who's above Jimenez. Uh, I uh, I'm not. Uh, I think you'd see another left-hander in loop. Um, some teams. Some teams go on. Uh, Okay, here uh, your September call up is a reward, and other guys go on uh, on need. You know, well they need another left hander, they need another catcher, they need probably need Tapera, they need some they need some guys. I'm I'm not really sure which way these Cleveland guys will go. Hmm. This being their first year and everything. I was critical of the signing of Jay Happ when it happened. Boy, was I wrong. Uh, what were you, what are your thoughts on Jay Happ? Uh, yeah, likewise. I uh, I didn't think that. Uh, um, I thought it was a lot of money. I thought they were, uh, they, you know, when when Jay Happ was here, he was one of the more frustrating guys to watch. He had this big time velocity, and he'd be one and two, and then he'd be foul ball, and then he'd be ball two, ball three, foul ball, foul ball, and he'd be 105 pitches in five innings, gone, you know. But he he's very economical now, uh, knock knock most of the time, but. Uh, you know, and they said the guy from Pittsburgh fixed him, and uh, well, uh, this same guy from Pittsburgh, I guess he couldn't fix Luriano. Luriano, that's true. Bob, we got to go run a commercial, but thanks for okay. for coming on the show. It was Thank uh, you very terrific. Much, Have a good day. You too, Bob. Bye. That was Bob Elliott, the famous Bob Elliott, the writer for former writer of the Toronto Sun. He is retired, but he came on our show and uh, pretty insightful, I'm sure, Mark. Baseball, a baseball writer is, is an, a national treasure. Let's go to commercial break, and we'll be right back in a couple of minutes. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville announced the Pepperoni Party Pizza Special. Get 24 slices for just $24. Can you eat it all? 
in just 24 hours. 24 square slices smothered in pepperoni. You've also got to deal with six bottles of Pepsi. 24 plus six Pepsi for 24. Can you finish it? Go to pizzaville.ca for details. At 20,000 square feet, Steel's Paint and Woodbridge is Canada's largest independent paint store. Big deal, right? Big deal? Yes. The best brands, the best staff, the best advice, the best of everything. From color matching to brand selection, whether you're a pro or a DIYer, we'll look after you from the minute you walk in to the minute you walk in a second time as a completely satisfied customer. Big store, big deal, bigger satisfaction. Simple. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. At Titanium Logistics, we believe that choosing the right shipping company comes down to two issues, price and cost. Most prices are competitive, will likely save you money too, but the cost of choosing the wrong company to service your cross-border freight to and from the U.S. and Mexico can be extraordinary. If it's not where it should be, when it should be, that bargain price, worthless. Titanium Logistics, on time, on budget. Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada. And the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them every day. They've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour is a paid program. Opinions expressed on the show are those of Naz and Wally and their guests. They never argue sports. They just explain while they're always correct. The boys are back. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. Uh, that was an interesting discussion with uh, Bob Elliott about baseball. You know, I love that guy because he agrees as well as everything I say. Right? <laughs> he was he was fantastic, although we both expressed surprise that he agreed with the idea that the race radio broadcaster is at the heart of baseball magic rather than the writer, um, which was what, when we were talking about it earlier, I, w- I was talking about uh, memories of a, of a summer long ago uh, when Tom Cheek was still doing the, the Blue Jays and uh, that there was um, a, a guy in my neighborhood. Uh, I lived down by the St. Lawrence Market, and I would walk my dog and this guy always had the radio on, and of course it's summer, so he's got, uh, you know, the the window open, and you could hear the voice of Tom Cheek, t- you know, telling you what was happening in 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 the Blue Jay world that evening, and it just seemed to be the soundtrack of summer. You know, it was like finally a day would hit in in November, and you would walk by that window and not hear the radio and go, where did the summer go? It's just something magical about hearing baseball being described on the radio. The best story was the rat in Boston. 
<laughs> <laughs> he saw the cat, and it was, ended up being a rat. Well, I, I didn't see any rats there, though. My my trip to Fenway was way back in the eighties, and um, uh, I think it was either Lloyd Mosby or Jesse Barfield um, hit a triple early in the game, and we were uh, naive Toronto fans, and we were in um, the lower rows of right field. And as Barfield's going by second, we're up on our feet cheering for him to, to be safe at third. And suddenly whizzing by our head were batteries that the, the, the Red Sox fans oh, clearly identified these Toronto people uh, in their territory. Um, and uh, we learned from then on uh, for the rest of the game to cheer while while sitting down and to cheer quietly. Not well, that's to, changed though. Now, I'm sure it's, it's changed. changed a lot. I'm sure it's changed. There were so but... many Blue Jay fans there. <laughs> I even I even sang back. "Sweet Caroline" wow. that that day, and, and the Blue Jay fans were having a hoot of a time. Let yeah, me tell you, yeah. long time ago. But you know that sets up. You brought up Mosby and Barfield. It sets up next week's show really oh, well, yes, and we have the architect of uh, the World Series wins in 92 and 93. Pat Gillick will be on our show next week. Will, and Will he agree with you on, on everything, too? Uh, I don't know about Pat. <laughs> you know what? He's an agreeable guy, though. Okay, okay. And Tom Hankey, uh, the Terminator, will be on our show also. He may even be in studio, depending on his uh, schedule, uh, because he they're, they're, he's in Toronto, and they are honoring the five top pitchers of all time which uh, I believe it's Dave Steve, Jimmy Key, Roy Halliday, Tom Hankey, and there's another one, Pat Hankin. Those yes. are the five yes. guys. Okay. And they're honoring them, and it's Triple Bobblehead Day at the, at the, uh, at the Dome. At, at the Dome. So triple Bobblehead. Triple Bobblehead. Does so they got three. I don't know gets, what that looks like. Is, is that, that sounds like a three-headed monster, actually. <laughs> but uh, so out, would those bobbleheads be... Though possibly those sort of classic legendary pitchers, or is it someone current? No, it's a three of the five pitchers. Oh, yeah. okay. Three of the okay. five pitchers. That's what I understand. They're going to have their ball bat. And uh, Pat Gillick was involved with all those pitchers because he had Roy Halladay with the Phillies. Mm-hmm. And uh, so Pat was involved with all those. And Pat is involved. He was the one who brought Ishiro in to Seattle. And he's going for number three thousand, the three thousand hits. So by next Saturday or Sunday, he might have made it. He might have made it. He's at two nine 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 right now. You looked that Here's, up. Here, yeah, I looked that up this you morning. Because I, I, I used to. We were talking about in the old days. Used to get up and read the Toronto Sun or the Globe, and look at the box scores before the technology of the uh, the internet. And it was so much fun. To, to read that now it's like it's instantaneous right mm-hmm, and, and mm-hmm. I, I don't do that anymore but uh, it, it was fun doing that in the uh, old days I still have my morning newspaper delivered thank you the Globe and Mail that's good what's the, what's the other paper that uh, d- delivers with it you were saying the New York uh, yes the, Times? also the, the Sunday New York Times the New York Times and there's no basketball coverage since the Knicks are doing lousy well that, that and the Nets. I was telling Naz historically, I would always read, read the Sunday New York Times because I thought back in the day that uh, the Toronto media had had room to grow when it came to basketball coverage, and so I would turn to the New York Times 
to read every Sunday to find out what was happening in the NBA. And now, since both the Knicks and the Nets stink, the New York Times <laughs> likes to pretend that basketball doesn't exist. Just remember, Toronto's going to be have. They used to be the city of losers. We just have one more team to get up there, and that's the Leafs. And then we're the city of winners, right? Think about that. Uh, are we going to have Punch Imlac on? Punch has <laughs> passed on, Mark. Sorry. Uh, sorry, I, I was just. just we might gonna... be able to get his son Brett. Well, that would be interesting, yeah. wouldn't it? Would... If, hopefully, he's still around. You know, we'll have to look that up, <laughs> either online or in the newspaper. Now, getting back to uh, Ishiro. I was looking at the stats, and he started when he was 27 years old. And you say that's a factor. That's a factor. He may have been able to beat Pete Rose's record if he had started earlier in his career. That's how good a hitter he was. So what was he doing in those early years? He was playing in Japan. And and, and they never signed him until he was uh, 27 years old with Seattle. I think the, it was 2001 he started. And those stats don't count? No, they don't count. Well, Major that, League Baseball is not going to count on the Japan League. You know, It was inferior to the Major Leagues, but Ishiro was that good back then, too. Well, I would, I would litigate if I was <laughs> I, I would Hitting a baseball is hitting a baseball. Can you imagine if they did that in it's, the world of—, of uh, It's like a comparison. I'll give you a comparison. Warren Moon threw— for yards as an Eskimo. Yes. And then he threw for yards in the NFL. He's a Hall of Famer in both the Canadian Football League and the National Football League. But Warren Moon, yardage doesn't count with the CFL. So that's, that, 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 I don't know if that balances it out, Mark, or not. You'll have to give me time to figure out a counter argument to that. But, um, yeah. But there are some sports that are global. And some sports that are not global. And in the case of the CFL, NFL, because they are slight variations, um, I think that's true. Yeah, one's three down football, the other's four. But isn't but, that true really if you, if you sort of th- lumped in North American football and the various forms of rugby, rugby union, rugby league, now rugby sevens, that you get in that, in that world, in the sort of oval, uh, inflatable ball world, there's all these variations. Australian rules is another variation involving that kind mm-hmm. of football. Um, it's no different than soccer. If it was an MLS or uh, no, yeah. do you count their all-time I th- stats? I, I think there's more global. Uh, you know, um, a, a basket is a basket in basketball, whether you scored it in Spain or you scored it in Venezuela or you scored it in Wichita, Kansas. And I think soccer is pretty much the same. I'm sure if you were talking about Pele's all-time goal-scoring totals, you would include Santos in Brazil and the Cosmos in New York. I'm pretty sure of it. We'll have to look that up. I have to look that up. There's a future argument there. There is. There is. The the Blue Jays now, they play play Kansas City today. They're tied for Baltimore with Baltimore for first place. I really think they're going to win by about five games going away. And the reason being is I, I look at the stats, too. I'm a stats-type guy, as you probably are aware of. I've noticed. But they play really well on the road. They play really well on the road, and they play as well at home now, mm-hmm. as soon as the roof is open. 23-10 and 10 with the roof oh, open. They, you know what? Last Sunday, I'll give you an example. 
they were laughing at me. Butch and uh, Wally were saying, oh, it doesn't make any difference. Last Sunday, they played with the roof closed, and the Jays lost. They are 9-14 and 14 with the roof closed. I've heard this theory from you many a time. I have yet to develop an opinion. You don't have an opinion? It's too close to architecture rather than sport for me to like have a a passionate take okay. on it. You know, a roof is a roof. I'm sure it affects the and it I'm sure it affects the weather. I'm sure it does. Yeah. It sure does. Well, thanks for coming in today, Mark. You'll be here for the next couple of weeks, and we've got Pat Gillick and uh, Tom Hankey in next Sunday. That should be a very interesting show. I can't wait to ask their opinion on Javinka. Very good. (laughs) Have a good day, folks. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.